Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. How you doing, everybody? Welcome back to Goodwill Talk. This is Pastor Marcos, and uh, threw you guys for a little bit of a loop last week because you had Jess on the show with you. We, we did a quick rerun of an episode that might have gotten lost in the transition from our former uh, podcast feed to our current podcast feed. So we wanted to get that out there. I thought it would be helpful for people thinking through, you know, effective ways to cope with trauma. We're doing a somewhat related episode today, um, but Jess is not here. We have Tracy Johnson hanging out, hey, our hey, season hey. 10 co-host. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. How yeah? are you? I'm I'm good. You know, it's, uh, so we're recording this. You, you all are listening to it on Monday. We recorded this last week and uh, we're looking ahead to a day on Friday where it's going to be in like the 70s and I am, I'm ready to go. I am leery. Leary. Yes, because uh, the last two snowstorms were, in fact, my fault. And here's why. (laughs) I have a steadfast rule in the spring that I cannot enjoy the warmer weather because the moment I do and I acknowledge it is when we get another massive snowstorm. Oh, this is the Tracy effect. Yes, I I live in uh, very deep denial of spring. (laughs) Okay. Every spring. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, there was one day, our first day, where it felt like, I think it was like 60, 50, You got your hopes up? I didn't just get my hopes up. I like turned my face towards the sunlight (laughs) and I I breathed a deep (laughs) breath and I opened the windows in my living room and I really just allowed myself to have that moment of, oh, spring is here. Oh, thank you. And then within a matter of minutes... Bomb I mean, cyclone. It, uh, the, yes, blizzard and ice and snow. And I was so depressed. <laughs> I wish this wasn't a true story. I was so depressed on the snow day, which I thought, what was it? Friday, Wednesday. I don't know. Oh, it, it, it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. We were supposed to be in That's here right, recording. We were supposed to be in here recording. Yep. That Wednesday, when they canceled school and the snow was coming, I literally did not get out of bed. Oh. I didn't. I told the children, I said, go watch whatever you'd like to watch on Netflix or Disney Plus and help yourself to the donuts that are in on the counter because mommy's not getting out of bed. (laughs) I just didn't. I didn't. All right. I did that. I made the snow come and I'm so sorry. Yeah. So, um, People know who to email. Yes. You know, if you had a really rough week last or two weeks ago because of the snow, Tracy Johnson, she's ready to receive your email and and hear your commiserations. Media Um, at goodwillchurch.org. I mean, that morning we, uh, you know, we got the call at like 5 a.m. that school was canceling because we didn't, we didn't know school was canceling till, you know, the phone woke us up with the information. Yeah, that's the worst. I hate that. Enjoyed that. (laughs) Uh, um, So we did the same thing. Yeah. Or like the kids are up. Fine. We're staying in bed. We got a we've got the TV in the room. We just hung out, watched the news, drank our coffee. Right. You know, we've got an 11-year-old who can bring the coffee to us. Oh, ooh. Yeah. So we're just ooh, like Oh, that's nice. Yeah. We just said, "Hey, 
because we we set it up the night before. Uh-huh. So you got to do when you wake up in the morning all bleary eyed and not aware of what life is. You just hit the button. These are life hacks right? I need to like consider. Oh yeah, for don't make the coffee in the morning. Wow. Just hit the button in the morning. Hit the button in the morning and have the twelve year old bring you the bring coffee. Bring you the co- well. Here's the thing: when the when so when she was already up, mm-hmm. we're just like you know what you can hit the button. You know how to hit buttons. So she hit the button. <laughs> And then she brought us the coffee and we didn't make ourselves, we didn't get downstairs till like lunchtime. Wow. That's great. That was a beautiful way to spend, let's hope, the last snow day. Wow. Thanks for putting that out there. I know. I just did it again. So, no, but I mean, like, but it was confusing because, you know, school's canceled, da, da, da. And I opened my blinds in the morning and nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. The sun. It wasn't even nothing. Like the sun was beating down on my face. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was just. There was, was a little part of me that was relieved once I saw the snow start flying because then I thought, okay, well, at least this was for naught. You know, it wasn't oh, sure. for naught. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, all right, here's the thing they were talking. Well, about. you don't have the school buses trying to get home late in the day yeah. and all that. Early so like, dismissals I, are tough. They are tough. Oh, yeah. Well, because here's the thing like, it, for some of us whose, whose schedules are a little bit more flexible, mm-hmm. an early dismissal is fine. All right, cool. We can deal with it. Mm-hmm. But when you send your kid to school and then go to work, yeah, an early dismissal messes everything, everything. up. So yeah, better that they just cancel it. That's fine. Um, but yeah, well, now that we've had this conversation <laughs> previous to the beautiful Friday we're supposed to have, <laughs> we're going to listen to this on Monday and the whole of our Goodwill, uh, our Goodwill Talk audience is going to be like, wow, thanks for messing that up, Tracy. I'm sorry. We I, were all really excited about our weekend. And the you very truth of it is, is I do not have that much power. So, well, yep. <laughs> that's a good thing for all of us, I think. Um, all right. So we're talking about uh, a serious topic today. But not necessarily from like a clinical perspective. We're talking about this from a very personal perspective. Um, our, our conversation today is around anxiety. And this is something that I think a lot of people have been um, talking about more. They've been wrestling with or more aware of it. Um, if you go to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, they have some brief stats. 40 million adults in the U.S. age 18 and older. Um, so 18% of the population are struggling with an anxiety disorder, which is uh, what they call the most common mental illness. And so um, anxiety is not one of those things that people just, hey, just get over it. Just stop worrying. That's not what we're talking. We're not talking about somebody who just worries about something for a little while. Right. We're talking about anxiety, which is a very different thing. Um, Very treatable. Yes. But you got to treat it. Otherwise, it can be debilitating. And so, um, you know, the reason I say this is personal is because, Tracy, one of the things that you've shared is that this is one of the things that you've struggled with in your life mm-hmm. is um, not just being a worry wart. Again, I want to dispel that. This is anxiety. This yeah. is a different thing. Um, and I'm, I think we can just start here. Um, what is anxiety in your life? What does it look like when you're saying, yeah, I'm dealing with my anxiety right now? Absolutely. Um so just a, a little backstory. Um, I have suffered with depression and anxiety throughout my entire um, adult life. It started when I was a teenager. Um, I think my first episode with experiencing uh, mental illness was uh, when I was about 16 years old is when I went through my first depression and didn't understand what it was, didn't know how to articulate what I was feeling, didn't know how to begin to um, 
seek help for it because I didn't know what I was asking for. And um, it has been something that I've I've dealt with continually in um, sort of, I, I, I want to say phases, which is probably not the right way to describe it, but phases of my life since then. And I'm 41 years old now, so it's a long history that depression and anxiety and I have together. Um, and some of those seasons of, of uh, depression and anxiety have been more severe and lasted longer than others. And most recently, um, my, my latest season has been um, a continual season instead of being something, you know, my anxiety in the past has been something that was periodic. It would mm. last for, um, you know, especially during the winter months, it would sort of be something that lasted until the sunshine came out again, you know, sad. It's like a real thing, whatever they, right. yeah. seasonal and something disorders. Seasonal I think a seasonal, um, Anxiety and depression, I think is what it is. Yes, yeah. yes. So that is something that I experienced. But most recently within the last... Seasonal affective disorder, I apologize. Thank you. Yeah. I knew. I didn't think it was anxiety. Yeah. Thank you for looking that up. Um, so that, that was sort of always the way it was. And then in the last two years of my life, since I turned 40, um, just before I turned 40 it has been an ongoing mm. thing and something that I actually had to go and seek treatment for instead of just doing, cause you know, there's two ways to treat anxiety. It's either you use a more holistic approach and meditation and talk therapy and things of that by right. seeking professional help, but not needing medication, or you do that and you also seek medication. And okay. this is the first time in my life I've actually had to seek medication. Mm. Okay. So, um, the, the latest, uh, season of anxiety and depression, which a lot of it, and, you know, my understanding and sort of self-exploration and working with, uh, my mental health professionals is because it is a direct response to the pandemic, mm. which I think is something that I can safely say every single one of us has experience with. If you walked away from the pandemic not having some type of emotional, physical response to it, then, you know, amazing, but you are definitely in the minority. Or you had an issue going in. Correct. You know what I mean? Like if if something this cataclysmic didn't alter something in you, yeah. then then still go see help. Absolutely. Because that's not a normal response. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's not. Like it's, it's a, this was a really painful season for a couple years and i was actually going to ask before you brought that up yeah two years of pandemic two years of this really having been um a a continual companion for you over mm -hmm. these last couple of years um you know when you when when you talk about it being a constant and and for you it's both depression and anxiety together um what is it if, if somebody's listening, go, I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know, how, what does that feel like? Or how would you explain that? Because there might be people who would hear an explanation from you and go, oh, absolutely. That's what I've been dealing with. I just didn't have a word for it. Correct. Um, so now everybody's experience with anxiety is different. Yes. But there are some related things. Yes. So most definitely. What does that look like for you when you're, you know, these two years of kind of a constant feeling of anxiety? So I am extremely high functioning. 
Uh, you know, my my husband works in a profession that that requires me to behave like a single mom because of his work schedule and his his need to be absent for his, for he's very a long periods. Of time. Right? Yes, yeah. well, he's a fire marshal now. Fire but marshal, he okay. was a firefighter for twenty years, and and now he does a different schedule. But it's still the same. Uh, where you know I'm I'm the primary caregiver for my children. I don't have um, a support as as far as that unless you know when he's able to be home and support. Sure. So um, I'm very high functioning. I'm able to get myself out of bed. I'm able to brush my teeth. I'm able to take care of my children. I'm able to feed them and make sure that their needs are being met. Um, I'm able to fulfill my responsibilities at work. I'm able to res- fulfill my responsibilities as friend and as mother and as wife. Um, so I'm very high functioning, which makes what I experience uh, somewhat different than what others may mm. experience. Because for me, I oftentimes don't realize I'm having um, a response, an anxiety-ridden response um, or a depression response until it becomes a physical response. So for me, my anxiety will come in physical panic attacks. Mm. And when I have a panic attack, uh, it's, you know, shortness of breath. It's the heart palpitations. It's the increased heart rate. It's the shaking. It's the nauseousness, the headaches and so on. So, um, a lot of times, you know, my it won't manifest itself until it's become a physical response for me. Okay. And the depression piece of it comes in the form of um, lack of motivation for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know I need to clean the house today, but I just simply cannot get up off of the couch to clean the house today. Right, right. Um, and also, too, in the way that I respond to... Uh, just the normal, the normal things of day to day life. Some things I, you know, like I, an emergency could happen in my home, and I'll be able to think clearly and respond to that. But something as small as the dishwasher not being emptied properly mm-hmm. or in a timely fashion will send me completely off of the edge of okay. insanity. Okay. So I, I know that's not very clear, and I, I apologize, but unfortunately, that's what makes uh, anxiety and depression so difficult for people to understand is because it's not, it's not a cold. You right. don't get a stuffy nose and a sore throat and an achy chest for every cold that you get. Right. It's a lot of different sim- symptoms that most people don't recognize as symptoms of mental health issues. Right. Well, and this is why, I mean, while we, we said 40 million adults um, are, are suffering from this, or, or I don't know if suffering from this is the right language, but the, this is a part of their lives. Yeah. Um, only 40% receive treatment. Correct. Because there's this, um, there is not only a stigma around treatment, mm-hmm. but it is hard to pin down is this a symptom of something? Right. Or is this just me being an adult and having stress in right. my life? Right. Um, I think that for my personal situation, a lot of my uh, anxiety that I experience have experienced in the last two years is a result of un, untreated stress. 
And so I didn't have healthy responses to the everyday stress that was going on in in my life, especially centered around the pandemic and, you know, being a homeschooler and worrying about a first responder husband who was down on the front lines of something that was very scary. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like now we're all, we're all like, COVID pros. You know what I mean? We really are like, we get it now. We understand what we're up against. We know what we have to do. We know how we need to respond. We're basically desensitized to it, right? We're absolutely desensitized. I I felt this in myself. Um, There was a report that came out. So there's a new Omicron variant. It's like Delta Cron or something like that. And they're talking about cases that are rising in place. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Yep. Okay. Bring it on. Like that a year and a half ago, I'm freaking out. Yeah. Now I'm like, "Eh, a variant. Well, and I think back to when our that first week of lockdown, which we're like right at the two-year anniversary for right, that. We are, it we're, was we're this it. week, well, that we're recording. Yeah. So last week, well, I mean, that's by our two-year anniversary. Out Monday, this is it. Like, this yeah. is it. This is when the beginning of... We the, locked down on the 17th, I think, didn't we? It was the 17th. So that the 17th correct. sticks in my mind because... Um, so I get back from Israel on the 15th. And while lockdown hasn't totally been instituted, like it's, it's dire. Mm -hmm. We get there and it's an intense. My wife was in Washington state (gasps) and flew back to New York on the 17th. Oh my! So I drove down to LaGuardia to pick her up and it was a ghost town. Weird. It was like nobody was on, I'm talking New York city freeways. Nobody's on them. What? There's no other cars. Oh, that must have it's been. It's just me. There's nobody else at LaGuardia. Um, it was it was bizarre. Whoa. I'm talking like there's a so there's the TV show The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, like the 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 major picture for that is the main character on a horse riding down the middle of a freeway with nobody else on it. Uh-huh. That's what it felt like. Ew. I'm like, I'm the guy driving down the road <laughs> Super creepy. in a, in a bizarre <laughs> horror film. Like it, it was, but it was, it was scary. Wow. You know, the, everybody talks about the first time they went to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the, the shortages. Mm-hmm. It was everybody looking at one another as potential threats. Yes. It was just Absolutely. terrifying. Mm-hmm. And uh, first time I went to the store, I came back and I'm like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I can't go to the grocery store. Not going to happen. Like, how did something so normal become so terrifying? Yeah. It was intense. And here we are two years later. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a thing. Yep, it's a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, as as you've gone through these couple of years of, of COVID and your anxiety has kind of been regularly there, anxiety and depression... Um, you have been very high functioning. Yeah. You're, you're doing your job. You're caring for your, your kids. You're being a wife. You're doing all the things you're supposed to do. Um, and it, it makes me think when I think of somebody struggling with depression, and anxiety, I often think of somebody who can't function well, mm-hmm. which is just a misconception on my part. So I wonder what are some of the misconceptions around anxiety that are like, yeah, you might think this, but actually this. Yeah. Um, cause, cause misconceptions can be harmful. Yeah. Um, around these issues. So I wonder if there are some you've run into you're like, yeah, that's just not a true thing. Absolutely. I think the number one misconception when it comes to anxiety and depression is uh, the idea that it can be something that you just think away. Oh, well, why don't you just change your attitude? Wow. Like, yeah. you know, and, and a, a lot of times um, that comes with, with people 
not having experience with it or not being uh, educated in what what it is that mental health is and, and how it can deeply and profoundly affect your day-to-day functions. Um, but, you know, and I even catch myself, it's just interesting because you would think in my experience, I wouldn't do this, but I catch myself Mm. with my younger children. I have a 12-year-old and a five-year-old and my 12-year-old, she is wired just like her mama. And, uh, you know, she even more so, she's definitely got a lot of those perfectionist qualities to her. And so anxiety is something that we have frequent conversations about. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, a discuss about maybe having a different response or what are we feeling and we work through things. But uh, there are moments and times where I even will catch myself saying, oh, you're being ridiculous. That's not the response you should be having to this situation right now. And then I have to stop and say, wait a minute. So like the just get over it response? Just get over it. Yeah, that's not something that like it's a real thing. and, And you can't just wish it or think it or pray it away. Now, that being said, prayer has been Mm. an absolute, absolute necessary and fundamental part of me finding recovery. A hundred percent. Prayer is where my change began to happen. And what is interesting is that the prayer, the answer to my prayer uh, didn't come in feeling better, um, or being healed. The answer to my prayer came in clarity as in, this is why you are feeling this way. This is why you are having physical responses. This is what is going on. The clarity of, oh, this is anxiety. Wow. And that was the beginning of my answered prayer. And then through that clarification, that clarity that God granted to me, I was able to begin putting tools and treatment plans in place for myself. I mean, that's, it's, it's a remarkable thing because one of the, um, there, I think there's a couple different things that people think when it comes to anxiety, um, there is the idea, well, it's purely a spiritual issue. Mm-hmm. And so only spiritual remedies are helpful. Right. Others say, well, it's purely a, um, you know, chemical, um, physiological. So, yeah, physiological, psychological issue. So you just need counseling or medication. But what you're sharing is it's actually all of it. It's all of it. Right. There's a spiritual component to this. That's why prayer had an, had an effect. Mm-hmm. But also... You have, a, a, I don't know what, a counselor or a therapist or what language do you use for that? Yeah, I use therapist. Therapist. Mm-hmm. So you have a therapist and you're on medication. All of it together is what's helping you through. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think this is, that's really helpful for people to hear. Mm. Because even, especially in the church, I think, there is a sense of, oh, well, if you're getting medication or you're getting professional help, you're not being spiritual enough. Mm. You're not, you're not, you know, if you just were closer to Jesus, this wouldn't, and that's just such harmful nonsense. Yeah. Um, but I think people can also say, well, then I just need to do that. And I'm going to forget that there is actually a spiritual side to, to what's going on here. So the, the prayer and medicine together construct is super helpful. That is absolutely 100% 
what allows me to be a functioning, like a healthy function, not just a functioning, a healthy functioning human being today. Where I'm at today with my anxiety, my anxiety and depression and where I was even a year ago are two very, very different wow. places. I have finally gotten to a place where, you know, and this is the thing that that I think is important to hear for somebody who may be in a situation like mine and who uh, maybe decides, okay, I'm 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 gonna go and I'm gonna talk to my doctor and I'm gonna see about maybe getting on you know an antidepressant or something that will physically and chemically help me to begin to feel better on a day to day basis. What I didn't understand is that uh, it it takes a long time for that medication to begin, like to mm. find the right dosage, yeah. to find the right kind. It takes a lot of trial and error and that trial and error process, which you do with your you know, health professional, sure. is really, really frustrating and really stressful and feels very desperate. And you're already feeling that way when you go into it. Uh, but this just sort of magnifies everything. Mm. But I promise you, once it's figured out, once you have the, the, you know, the key formula that works for you and your body, it makes such a difference, but it doesn't stop you from feeling the way that you feel. Mm. Instead, it just helps you to have a normal, healthy response. Okay. So my stress has not gone away in my life, mm -hmm. you know, which I think part of me was thinking, oh, well, when I don't have anxiety anymore, I'm not going to feel overwhelmed. I'm not going to feel super stressed out. I'm not going to want to cry in my car. Nope. I actually still very much feel that way. However, I don't go to such an extreme with my emotions anymore. I feel more balanced. I feel more capable. And a big part of, of it is that I'm able to, instead of spiraling down into the scary place of feeling so completely desperate and lost and alone and fearful, I'm able to stop myself and begin to pray or do a, a spiritual meditation, um, you know, something to help calm me down, help me breathe and help me get to a healthy place. Well, I, the frustration of that process of trying to find the the right dosage, the right medication, because not every medication works for every person. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that's why I'm so grateful you were willing to talk about this on the mic, because it is a frustrating and difficult process, even when you've already decided to get treatment. Yes. Telling the people around you what you're going through is huge. Huge. And... Um, Maybe this is a misconception, but it seems that there is still a lot of embarrassment around anxiety and oh, depression, yes, right? Most definitely. And um, what people who, who are struggling with that maybe and are listening, what I'd love them to hear is you don't have to be embarrassed about this. You can talk about it openly with the people who love you. Yes. Um, and people who maybe don't have this but are going to be hearing from somebody that they're struggling with this. Make sure you're a safe person to talk to. Don't yeah. have that like, oh, type of uh, reaction because that's just going to reinforce Absolutely. all the embarrassment and amp up the anxiety. Listen, this is not an uncomfortable thing. It's yeah. uncomfortable, especially if you are a loved one who's experiencing someone in your life who's going through this. Like we want to fix our family. We want to mm. fix our friends. We want to fix the people in our lives that we love. And and our, our instinct is to go to that place. Oh, well, why don't you try this? Or why don't you do this? Or let me help you do this. No, just accepting somebody's truth is the beginning of helping them to heal. 
Mm. And uh, that's really that's really important. It is. It's important. And it's really important for the person who's going through it, as you said, to be able to share that with safe people because it it confirms for them that they are not insane. Because mm. a lot of the embarrassment that surrounds anxiety and depression is that, oh, I'm 41 years old. I should be able to control this. Mm. I should be able to control my emotions. I should be able to control my response when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I'm feeling upset. And I can't. And I don't know why I'm not like every other 40-year-old adult mm. in the world mm. who can't. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, you know, it, having having just that little bit of affirmation from somebody that we love that says, I hear you and I understand and I'm going to pray for you or I'm yeah. going to be here for you. That that means so much to somebody who's beginning the journey of, you know, understanding their own mental health. Well, I mean, we, we don't like things that we can't fix. Yeah. Right. You know, so when when. This I liken this response actually to what we saw when um you when the Ukraine invasion began, mm -hmm. um where a lot of people were like what are we gonna do, and we didn't know right away mm -hmm. like we there was some we're we're in, inviting people to give now over the next couple of weeks but like the first thing you do is you pray yeah there is no fixing this like we're fixing Ukraine is not a thing nope it's it's pray and ask the one who can fix this to get involved, right? Absolutely. God is the one who is, who is powerful to do this. Anxiety is the same way. How do you fix someone's anxiety? You don't. Right. You bring their concerns to the Lord and you allow the Lord to be at work. That's, that's part, of the, part of the life of faith is recognizing you can't fix this. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things in our lives we cannot fix. And we have to be willing to take our hands off of it and say, this is too big, it's, it's, it's too much, I'm going to be praying for this person. I'm going to love this person. I'm going to walk with them through this mm -hmm. and trust that the Lord is going to be at work in their lives. Absolutely. And and the way he's at work in their lives may not look like, oh, look, God fixed it. In fact, it's probably not going to look like that. Not at all. <laughs> it's going to look like <laughs> God comforts them in this. Absolutely. And I'm praying that God would. Um, now, I, I say that as a way to bridge to maybe my, my last question. You mentioned that you're starting to see this in um, your oldest daughter some of yeah. these same kind of, of uh, struggles, concerns, battles, however you want to frame it. Um, what are some of the things that parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, what are some of the things that they might know to say, oh, my, this child doesn't have language to say this is anxiety or depression, but mm -hmm. I can see these things, therefore it might be that, and I might want to tell their doctor Absolutely. about that. So what are some of the things that parents can be having eye out for. Absolutely. Um, I think the first thing that you need to be mindful of is a drastic and quick change in behavior. Mm. Um, you know, it's especially difficult in the puberty years yeah. because that is a part of adolescence. It, you know, a <laughs> sixth grader will go to school acting like an elementary kid and literally come home that afternoon and suddenly have a new group of friends, a new hairstyle, a new way that they want to dress and a whole new way of speaking. Like it's just, it's amazing how quickly that happens. However, um, you know, our, our gut instinct, you know, that, that I, I, 
refer to it as a gut instinct, what I believe it truly is, is the Holy Spirit mm. saying, uh, hey, hey, Mama Radar. Notice this. Notice this. This might be something to address. So so really drastic changes in behavior. Suddenly we're spending a lot of time in our room or we're really glued to our device or we don't want to engage in activities that we used to once love and spend time doing. Things of that. Um, and for my daughter in particular, a lot of, uh, the anxiety comes, uh, to the surface in her emotions. And when I'm seeing that we're having a very extreme reaction to something that shouldn't have that extreme of a reaction, um, you know, and, and again, that's a gray area for adolescents because, <laughs> you know, some days your hair, not having a good hair day does set you off right. into a complete and total tantrum. And that's okay. Those are normal growing pains. It's when you're seeing a pattern of that mm. behavior happening sort of more frequently, or you're seeing it's happening in one specific avenue of their life. Mm. For example, you know, the way they're reacting to their grades or the way that they're reacting to going to a um, sporting practice, something like that, and it's being consistent, then that's definitely a uh, red flag of okay. something like, hey, and really, um, I, I don't know if this is, is something that is relevant to other parents. Um, I straight up ask my kid, how, like, what's going on right now? Like, mm -hmm. can you articulate for me? Like, you're having these really extreme responses. So let's let's discuss what it is that's really underlying that. Like, what is causing that? What's leading up to it? Is is she able to verbalize that in the moment when she's having that kind of a reaction? Yes, it takes it takes a little bit of of stepping back. It takes a moment of reflection for her, and you know that's where that's where you have to like. For me, I have to illustrate patience mm -hmm. and help mm -hmm. her, trying not to interject what it is I think or I can assume or I can guess she's feeling. And just allow her to come to that conclusion herself. And that's a big part of anxiety in general, whether you are a, a teenager or you're an adult, is actually being able to stop and think about, okay, what it is that I'm really reacting to right now? Is it fear? Is it is it anger? Is it sadness? Is it stress? And yeah. once you can name it, then you can begin to deal with it. Okay. Okay. Well, and I mean, that's, it is, we're going to talk about parenting in a whole episode later in the season, but like, this is a, a part of parent, just having that conversation, mm -hmm. not going immediately to fixing through discipline or through bringing your own, you know, so if you have somebody who's really, really frustrated and you're like, I'm going to match your frustration with my frustration, um, you know, cause that'll just blow it up. Yeah. Um, but saying, no, let's talk it through, mm -hmm. ask the questions, allow answers to come that kind of communication, especially those of you who have kids who are a little bit younger, start that now. Yeah. Have those kinds that kind of communication now so that they're used to having that conversation when they're a teenager and it's all breaking loose. Correct. Right. So um, Tracy, thank you for being willing to talk about this and, and share this part of your life. I know that it's um, not comfortable <laughs> and uh, you were willing to come and do this. And and I, I really hope that people do hear this and say, you know what, I want to talk about it too. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people are, are struggling with this. This is, a, this is a real thing for a lot of folks and they may feel like they don't have anybody they can talk to. Yeah. Um, please know you can come talk to us. 
and and share with us what you're going through and um and and know that you don't have to try and fix this by yourself correct there are people who can uh, come alongside that there is not necessarily a fixing there is a learning how to live well with this as a part of your life absolutely um that does mean therapy sometimes that means medication that's okay like the stigma around that we can just continue killing and putting away um get the help you need. Don't feel like you got to do this by yourself. Absolutely. And there are, there are so many resources available as well. Um, one thing that I did, I'll just share very quickly because it's, it's an important resource that I really love. And I would like to share with my, my Christian community. Um, meditation was a very big part of me learning how to, uh, approach anxiety attacks. Mm. Um, and I, really struggle with meditation because meditation is hard to do. It's really hard to do for people like me, especially who don't want to think about mm. what's going on. So one of the things that um, I, I taught myself through some different apps and things, how to meditate. And uh, one of the things that I really wanted and prayed for actually was a way to meditate biblically. Mm, like I wanted yeah. to have, not biblically, but spiritually, Christian faith wise, right. I wanted to have something that was related to that, that brought that more into my life. And so there is an app, it's called Glorify. And it's available on any of your app stores. It is a an and it, it's paid. It's a paid app. It used to be free, but now it's a paid app, and it's totally worth it. It's wonderful mm. because they go through a Bible verse uh, with you, or you know, several verses with you, and then there's an opportunity to do reflection, uh, a guided meditation based off of the scripture that you just went mm. through. And it's really, it is an opportunity for me not only to meditate, but to become closer to God and his word. Yeah. And there are some sleep meditations on there as well, mm, which wow. were extremely beneficial in the very beginning of my panic attacks because sleeping was very, very difficult mm. for me. So uh, Glorify is the name of that app. Strongly, strongly recommend for Absolutely. anybody who may think that this is something they're dealing with. Well, I mean, this is, this is how you, how you meditate as a Christian. You know, a lot of meditation is, oh, clear your mind completely. And, and this is not fill your mind with the scriptures. And it might be helpful for people who are struggling with anxiety. Be like, quit telling me to empty my mind. That's not a thing. (laughs) That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Then just, you know, fill it with scripture and these kinds of, yeah, these kinds of apps are huge. So glorify is an app that um, what we can do is we can include maybe a link to the website on the, in the show notes so that people can go check that out. It's glorify dash app.com and you can download it. It's uh, there for your, for Apple and for Android, whichever phone you've got. So uh, thank you again, Tracy. And um, one of the things that we talked about offline that is, um, you just mentioned spending time in the word, Mm -hmm. which can be really hard. Yeah. Um, And and actually the anxiety can get amped up when it's, oh, I have to read my Bible now. (laughs) It can trigger it. Uh, So what we're going to do next week is actually talk about, here are some very practical tips about how to read your Bible, particularly when it scares you a little bit. Um, Because I think a lot of people are scared. They're like, I know I'm supposed to, 
Yep. But I don't know how to do it. Where do you begin? And I feel like I shouldn't be asking this anymore. Similar to what you're saying, right? Yeah. At 41, I should have an idea. I should know what I'm doing. And I think a lot of Christians are like, I, I should know how to read the Bible. I don't have a clue. Yeah. And uh, and it scares them. And especially if you deal with things like depression, and anxiety, that can really start a cycle. It can trigger a cycle. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk about it next I week. I am so excited for Here's that. Here's how you do it. Here's some very practical tips. And hopefully it's helpful for folks. You can look forward to that next week. Until then, thank you for being with us. And we'll see you again at Goodwill Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci, Jeff DiMatti, and Tracy Johnson. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.